The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Now, I'm curious to know what uh, kind of stress um, the last six months has been has has put on your relationship. Some couples have sailed through these tumultuous times. Others are talking divorce. And for those who planned a wedding, many plans have been pared down or postponed. To take a look at all of this, we are joined uh, by sexologist, relationship expert, author, and media personality, Dr. Jessica O'Reilly. Dr. Jess, welcome back to the show. Hey, nice to chat with you. All right, let's start. Uh, let's start with some of the good stuff first. Now, you know, it, it has been difficult on the wedding industry um, uh, for the last uh, number of months. But for a lot of folks, um, they've decided to take the time to just pare down the wedding and really focus on each other instead of the big free for alls that we've seen a lot of in the years leading up to the past few months. Oh, I love this. I love that people are actually focused on the relationship, the connection, the revising of expectations rather than, you know, the color of the icing on their cake (laughs) or their napkins. And, you know, I think that it's very easy when you've got a big celebration and huge amounts of anticipation. And, And I think social pressure as well to show your love via, you know, doves being released or a specific number of courses. I think that it's nice to shift away from that and pare down not only the spending uh, of money, but the investment of time and stress that often leads up to a wedding for many people. Oh boy, and they can be uh, they can be quite stressful and and cause rifts in the couples who are about to get married. Let's be real over stupid things, as you mentioned. You know what color the flowers are going to be, or if you're going to have a a bisque or a chowder, um, you know, for the first <laughs> round of of dinner. Um, Having said that, there's been a lot of disappointment. I can remember when we first started talking about, you know, uh, the shutdown when it came to, to COVID and, and so many couples were texting into my show asking, what am I supposed to do? Uh, you know, I've planned all of this. There's been an incredible amount of disappointment as well for some couples. Yeah, I think that's important to talk about. So I'm not trying to minimize the excitement around a wedding because when you're riding or building to a high, what happens is anticipation leads to an an increase in dopamine levels. But then when your delta setback and ultimately the outcome doesn't meet your expectation, there's a different chemical shift in the body which you experience as disappointment, which is in part marked by dopamine subsiding. And so this actually stimulates uh, the parasympathetic nervous system and results in in a chemical response that doesn't feel good. And Uh. it can really adversely affect your mood, your energy levels, your (laughs) patience. Uh, Many of us become more impulsive. Actually, my, my manager had to cancel her wedding. And I really feel for her because, you know, not only is it the stress of disappointment, but also many people are losing money because some some of these places are refusing to offer refunds only credits and who knows when you're going to get to use that credit you know what dr jess i wonder if this is going to lead to a change in the way we do things moving forward because i've I've talked to a lot of experts a lot of spokespeople from all sorts of different industries over the past uh, number of months and saying you know what have we learned from this and how can we move that and apply it moving forward and i wonder if we are going to see more 
and more couples say, hey, you know what? Um, because let's be real. I mean, for a long time, weddings have been kind of off the charts. Maybe this is a reset and, and getting back to, okay, we don't have to spend 20, 30, 40, 000, whatever it is that we can do this and, and do it in a nice way. I had a, a friend of mine that got married a couple of weeks ago and they said, oh, I wasn't planning on a, on a COVID wedding, but who knew how uh, inexpensive they could be. And that was a huge, that was a great thing for them. I love that. And as I said, not just the financial investment, but the investment of time and energy. I would love to see couples actually invest in the relationship. So I'm always telling people to stop planning their wedding and start planning their marriage. Because, you know, it doesn't matter what that day or night looks like or how it feels. That is actually going to be irrelevant to the next 10, 20, 30, Uh hopefully 80 years of your life. (laughs) Now, let's talk about that. One of the things that uh, I've certainly heard about uh, when I go and get my nails done my you know my nails late my nail lady is telling me that she's hearing from a number of people that they're talking about uh, possibly getting a divorce maybe uh you know talking to divorce lawyers this has been a strain on uh, on relationships and as i mentioned off the top some people have sailed right through others have you know found it very very difficult how what has been your advice during all of this for example if if both people are working from home and the kids are there i mean when, when there is stress in a relationship, it just breaks down. It can really break things down very quickly. Yeah, I think number one, we, we need to look at our emotional literacy. And that's not something we spend a huge amount of time on, I think, in the West to really think about what am I feeling here? Am I feeling scared? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling alone? Am I feeling unsupported? Because what we tend to go to is mad, sad, glad, right? We get Mm -hmm. angry, we get frustrated, but maybe we can be a little bit more honest that, you know what, I'm actually just, I'm emotionally exhausted because every time I walk out of the house to go for groceries, I feel as though I need to be hypervigilant. So I think if we can dig a bit deeper, one thing I, I suggest to parents with children is to actually print off Uh, a list of emotions. And and if you just Google list of emotions, you'll have lots of different options. Uh, And and stick it on the fridge so that when, you know, your child is is acting angry or crying, they can kind of, and, and it depends on the age, you might need some little faces to help them determine those different words. But as they get older, and adults can use this as well, it helps us to just access a wider range of feelings. So that's number one. And then number two, I wonder if we can just perform tiny little acts of kindness Mm. for our partners and the people in our lives every day. So I'm starting my day or I'm trying to start my day with just 60 seconds of physical connection with my partner. Just I try and stick my head on his chest and listen to his heartbeat and kind of just feel that he's just this, you know, other fragile human like me. And it's really grounding. It's really gratitude inducing. Um, And then I also suggest, can you interrupt your day? with 60 seconds of a favor or connection. So, Mm. um, you know, like if if you know they have back-to-back meetings, can you bring them a tea or can you make them a sandwich? If you know that you both have a minute during the day, can you just stop and kind of sit together and breathe and not talk and just feel what their body feels like against yours? And, uh, you know, even just a minute can create really significant results in terms of relaxing, feeling more mindful and being more connected. And, And I think in the long run, that is going to help move forward with with intimacy when it gets to the bedroom or wherever um, because when you're having those little connection moments throughout the day um, it's going I, I believe that it's going to be easier to have those connections at other times 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, oftentimes when we think about intimacy, we think about one thing. We think about the bedroom, but intimacy, yeah. of course, is cultivated like throughout life. And you can be intimate with many different people. It certainly doesn't have to be erotic or sexual in any way. So, yeah, you're, you're, it, what you do in the kitchen, the way you speak to one another in the living room, the way you interact via text, those things are as important or more important than how you interact in the bedroom. Dr. Jessica O'Reilly joining me this afternoon. Uh, now, one of the things that I think has been or could be a challenge for some couples during all of this is the fact that you're together all the time in, in some cases. And for some people, you like your alone time. How do you deal with, with that and trying to find it without hurting the, your partner's feelings? Yeah, that's a great question. I think certainly um, the familiar surroundings, the lack of novelty can get rather boring. And yeah, you do need your space. So some of us are living in very small spaces in some of the larger cities. So um, we're very lucky that the weather is still tolerable right now. So one thing that, you know, couples tend to be doing together is going for a walk to get exercise. But I, I've been recommending, hey, you actually don't have to go for a walk together. You can go for a walk separately <laughs> if you feel safe doing that because it is really your own time. And even if you have a one-bedroom apartment, would it be possible for one of you to maybe work in the bedroom and one of you to work in the living room? And I know that the traditional, the conventional advice, of course, is no digital devices in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, this is this is not a conventional <laughs> time <laughs> so you're gonna have to sometimes like move into the bedroom and maybe you don't talk for a few hours that's one of the problems when somebody is so accessible to you they become um, you know a little bit less alluring so maybe create some some boundaries around when you can interrupt one another uh, and of course I know there are greater challenges when children are involved yeah uh, but for many people, children are going back to school, and that should perhaps ease some of the pressure. All right. So I'm reading articles in different, uh, you know, new and, and reading news headlines saying that uh, COVID-19 is going to lead to a spike in divorces. Do you believe that? Uh, no, I'm a little bit more optimistic. In fact, we do have some preliminary data suggesting that uh, relationships are feeling strengthened during these more difficult times. People, you know, in newer relationships are reporting that they now know that they want to be with their partner in the long run or forever. Many are saying that they feel more committed to their partner having managed the pandemic together. And I think we just have to remember that even if you're fighting, even if you're tense, even if, you know, the erotic side isn't off the charts, this is not necessarily a time to thrive for most of us. <laughs> Many of us are just trying to survive. So the, the data is suggesting that um, it's unlikely that we're going to see big, a big divorce increase. It's hard to tell because the divorce numbers uh, across across North America are actually down year yeah. over year, but that isn't always a good measure because it can take you know a year or even longer to file for divorce because you begin with separation. And, and I think it's another important piece is that divorce continues to decline. It's down by nearly half over the last decade. So I'm really optimistic that because we're more open about what we want in relationships, that uh, people who are opting in are really going to put the time energy in to make sure that the relationship is worthwhile. And we have new research actually saying that you don't have to be in a relationship to be happy. So I think there's less pressure to be coupled up. Of course, the pressure still exists. But I'm really hopeful that those who are opting in are, are committed to whatever it is they say they're committed to. Yeah, and I think it has obviously been a challenge for, you know, the, the people who are single um, through all of this as well, especially when everything got clamped down and, you know, bubbles got so small and maybe you didn't have time or you didn't have someone to share with. That has been a huge challenge as well. And certainly if you're trying to date 
through all of this. That's a, you know, dating can be awful to begin with. I mean, this just adds another layer to it. Yeah, you know, I think it's a good reminder to check up on our single friends, mm-hmm. especially as the temperatures begin to drop and we can no longer meet up in a park and, you know, there are, there are more shifts and more restrictions. Uh, so it's a good time to just check in, um, make plans to either like have coffee online together or some people are actually working online where we're both online on a Zoom call, but we're not actually talking and every 15 minutes we just check in. So that, yeah. that's a an important piece and you're right dating has changed so much but i was talking to um a couple of clients who have told me that they've stopped dating and they're loving it (laughs) they're loving that there isn't pressure to spend all that time on apps all the money all the energy going Mm. out so some people are enjoying the break uh, and others are are dating in new and novel ways dating online going to like online concerts together Uh, so I, i think people are um doing their best and for folks who are living with partners or with families, uh, we need to check up, check up on our single friends. All right. A lot of great advice in there, Dr. Jessica O'Reilly. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Appreciate your time as always. A pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. Yeah, you betcha. And you can find out more about Dr. Jess at sexwithdrjess.com. That's her, her website. You can certainly follow her on Instagram or on, on Twitter as well. So I like some of those, you know, those those tips that she talked about, about those 60-second connections and about being willing to say, okay, you know, just because we are together all the time for the past six months doesn't mean that we have to go for a walk together or we have to sit and be together all the time it's okay to go in the other room and read your book or go for the walk by yourself whatever it is some of your texts coming in uh this afternoon uh don says jay i have to say one of the best things about COVID 19 i don't have to go to weddings or funerals they are both the same someone is going to be unhappy in the end they're both uncomfortable it's just one drags out a long long time in earth time that's from dawn okay dawn uh that's a bit of a downer but okay um orion says my uh relationship with my wife and my kids is really good jay i was deemed essential by my company i missed four days i'm jealous and mad about the people that took the serb that didn't need it they got to camp and enjoy summer where i had to work and compete for a camp spot with all the serb money people thanks for the vent outlet and colton says me and my ex-girlfriend now wife got married during the pandemic on may 30th congratulations uh colton says we both decided we're not going to wait on the world to get married and postpone we got engaged in february of 2019 and I did it the classy farmer way. I proposed to her in the barn during calving season. Love it, Colton. 